This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, welcome to the H Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is Carmen Furrow and this is Lynn Furrow, the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission at Summit Life Ministries is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see through God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective and empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles and faith-filled obedience. Welcome back. We've been talking about a heart that hears, and we want to develop that, and we want to have um, just an awareness and a valuing of who God is, His presence, not just what He's saying, but who He is, but then also responding to His voice and responding to, to His heart for us. So... Let's keep going. <laughs> okay, well, we're probably going to launch right into it. Jump in. Um, last week, we gave a personal update. And for those of you that live in the upper Midwest, I hope you survived the polar vortex because <laughs> uh, we definitely had some Arctic air last week yeah. that uh, was bone chilling cold. And uh, But whenever the temperature goes down, they say, what? What is down will eventually get <laughs> climb back up, and so uh, it's so amazing. in the midst of it, we thank God for <laughs> heat and for that's right furnaces and wood fires. And... Yeah, but it's amazing how that just a a swing, and even though it's not real warm, mm-hmm. how it does feel like a heat wave when that Arctic air is finally broken. Okay. Well, we are going to launch uh, today in. Uh, the continuation of our teaching on developing a hearing heart or a heart that hears. And I we had done interviewing, so we kind of interrupted the series, but we just kind of, uh, in the last episode, recaptured about how that we want to, again, value the voice because we value the relationship. And, and we're wanting to be a people that are positioning ourselves to hear more from the Lord because he is communicating to us to understand it, I should say, in a greater Mm -hmm. way. But then we're going to talk about how to steward that because many people, they get revelation, but they don't wait for the interpretation or God helping them come up with right applications. So many times people get into presumption, they get ahead of God. Um, I remember a a missionary story about how a man uh, was in a meeting Mm -hmm. and they got a prophetic word that they were going to be missionaries in Africa. He went immediately home, sold all of their possessions, sold their house, and 10 years later went to Africa (laughs) as, as a missionary. So sometimes we have to... Uh, understand that with the words that we're getting from God, there is the issues of timing and application, um, and that maybe we try to take something that speaks to us about the future, and we try to fit it into our current context mm-hmm. and circumstances, and we can get out of out of step with the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we take two. A- a, a spiritual thing and we try to make it natural or we mm-hmm. take a natural thing and we try to make it spiritual. So even applying that. Yeah. We try to take revelation that God is giving, giving us and we try to fit it in 
and make it fit into our current situation. And it's yet for another time. Mm -hmm. That's why when God speaks to us, we can't rush to judgment. Mm -hmm. There has to be a maturation process because sometimes what God gives us is in a seed form and it has to grow within us. That word is to help us grow, grow our faith, develop who we are, develop our character uh, to where we don't get disqualified in a future season. Mm-hmm. So I've seen people get powerful words about what they're going to be in God. And so they try to do what the word described with the character they currently possess. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we come off arrogant in For a way sure. and we come off like, well, God said this about me. Right. And they say, really? <laughs> and we're, we're rejected, we're not received, and, and it's because of we try to fulfill it in a premature way. And I think just the evidence that we're trying to fulfill it ourselves mm-hmm. is an evidence of pride. I feel like I see that everywhere. It's like I continually have to go, Lord, I see there's pride again. Yeah. Lord, I need to embrace humility. Mary, the mother of Jesus, after Jesus was born, there, there was this ongoing prophetic confirmation mm-hmm. of what she had heard uh, through direct angelic intervention and what Gabriel said to her. And so you have Simeon, you have Anna uh, in the temple when Jesus was going to be circumcised. And so I'm sure that as a mother, it was quite a spiritual ride as spiritual people were sensing Mm -hmm. as they were around Jesus in prophetic proximity, if you had any prophetic inkling, I'm sure the alarm bells were going (laughs) off. So when they brought Jesus into the temple, I mean, here was this man of God, Simeon, who God had told him he wasn't going to go be able to go to heaven or he would not be taken to heaven until he saw the Messiah. So he's waiting, you know, he's he's aged now and he knows that the time or the clock is ticking. And so he is expecting mm-hmm. to see uh, the advent of the Messiah. And so Joseph and Mary bring Jesus in to be circumcised and the Holy Spirit says, yeah. this is it. And so he asked to hold Jesus. Of course, he does this wonderful prophetic word over Jesus. Anna does the same thing. Anna, who is this widow and intercessor that spent night and day in the temple. She would have been a fixture there as she ministered unto the Lord before the Lord. But she also sensed the destiny of Jesus as Messiah. And so Mary didn't run out of the temple that day and say, my son... Is the son of God, is the prophesied Messiah. Said she took these things and she hid them and pondered them in her heart. Uh, Because I'm sure she was saying, I don't have a grid for this. I need to develop a grid. I need to, to allow this word to incubate inside of me. And as it begins to come to pass, there'll be a spiritual recognition of, yes, this is what has been spoken to me by the prophets and by those that intuitively sense the destiny of Jesus. Well, we have to be the same way. Mm -hmm. 
We need to allow things that God speaks to us sometimes to marinate. I call them like spiritual time capsules. Mm -hmm. There are medicines that have a gel coating around them (laughs) because they know that if you take it without that gel coating and you immediately would put it in your system, that it could, the dose Mm -hmm. would be too large or it could damage you uh, just because of the the you know potency. potency thank you for the word the potency of the medication so the thing dissolves slowly mm-hmm. and there is a time release in in your body many times prophetic things things yeah. that god speaks to us are the same way that's why i use that term spiritual uh, maturation it needs to mature you need to allow the word to mature you and you mm-hmm. need to grow into and grow up into that word. And that implies that it's not just a time sequence. It reminds me back when we're saying hastening the day of the Lord. It doesn't just mean like in so many days that will mature. It depends on you putting your heart before the Lord and allowing mature, maturing processes to happen as that time release. It's not like a, just a time. It's not about the time. You it's cannot just uses the time. You cannot work. just mark off the time right. and saying someday this is what I'm going to be right. or this is what I'm going to do. The word is a designer word. Yeah. I mean, the reason why God sends forth His word it is to accomplish what He sent it mm-hmm. to do, and His word does not want to report back to Him and say, "I was not able to follow Your orders, Lord." Mm. Uh, but many times. Even though when God sends a word, it says his word does not return unto him void. But many times words are delayed and words have to be worked in other generations, Mm. in other people, and in other churches. And I've seen this in my own experience. I've seen churches get a defining word Mm -hmm. of what they could be in God. But a generation of, of that church, of that family, rejected where God was trying to lead them. Mm-hmm. And what that means, it, it, it doesn't mean that God is not going to fulfill his word. Right. It, but it may have to wait a generation. It may have to wait decades. It may have mm-hmm. to wait till those that were unbelieving and would not obey his word. Uh, they, it comes forth in a different spiritual cycle and season. And we see that in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. that there was a, a, the generation that came out of Egypt, they had to fully die off. Their unbelief had grown so great mm-hmm. instead of their faith. Their cynicism, their pessimism, their perception of how things worked for them. Because when they... When, when they saw the promised land, they all they saw was the promise or the problems, not the promise. And so God had to allow that entire generation because their both faith and unbelief is infectious. Mm-hmm. These are spiritual powers. Right. It, it is not something that does not have a fruit and effect. And so faith can be imparted because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of faith. And he can begin to allow faith 
within me to be imparted to someone else. Mm -hmm. And then there comes the spiritual agreement. Paul told Timothy, going back to what we've been doing for at least my devotions, going through first and second Timothy. Paul told Timothy, he said, I want to remind you of the undiluted, pure faith that you possess. And he said, this faith did not originate in you, Timothy. It was imparted to you by your mother and your grandmother. So today I was sitting down with a brother and we were talking about a spiritual principle. And he was talking about how that Many times we think that the will of God has big, originates with us uh-huh. and will end with us. Uh-huh. You know, kind of that we're the center of God's will in the universe. No, we're a part of a long continuum. And this is a, a relay race mm-hmm. of faith. And so That's good. my faith is a continuation of the faith of Jesus Christ who is the author and the originator of it. Mm -hmm. And then he imparted his faith to his early apostles. And their faith began to multiply and compound. So I am a living legacy of all of the men and women of God, both Old and New Testament, that have passed forward and passed on to us a baton of faith Mm -hmm. to say run faithfully run run diligently run wholeheartedly in obedience in faith-filled obedience and we stress that every time Mm -hmm. we have an age changer show because um many people think and i'm reading a book rereading it called the spirit of the disciplines by dallas willard I reread this thing about every two years because it is a, a, a book that if you don't have in your spiritual library, get it. And he was an educator. He's an academic. So sometimes you got to read it slowly, reread it, because <laughs> uh, sometimes his, his grammar is more academic. But he was just talking about how uh, the Western church has tried to make our faith totally inward. Mm-hmm. But God gave us spirit, soul, and body. The only way the will of God is done in the earth is if my body will cooperate with what my spirit Mm. is leading me to do. And so many Christians, they, they equate the greatness of their spiritual life by the greatness of their spiritual thoughts, Mm. the greatness of their spiritual desire, the greatness of, of their, their spiritual feelings mm-hmm. intentions. and intentions. <laughs> but unless the desire, the longing, the, the, the great and highest, loftiest spiritual thoughts, unless those thoughts are translated into faith-filled obedience so that we live a God-sized <laughs> and a God kind of life, then it stays a, a life on the inside. And, and God's life starts on the inside because mm-hmm. this is not about 
conformity. This is about inward transformation. But what is inside of you has to come out of you. It has to be revealed. And the way it's revealed is through words and through actions. And that's why James succinctly said, faith that is not put into motion, faith that is not put into action, faith that is not expressed in obedience to the intent and will of God that God has revealed to you through his word and by his spirit is really like a body, a lifeless body Mm -hmm. that is without the spirit. And so God gave you a spirit so that you could begin now to experience eternal life. I'm not dying and waiting to die so that when I can go to heaven, I can have eternal life. There's two aspects of eternal life. One is, is that it is perpetual. It's longevity. But the, the, the primary thing that distinguishes natural life or ordinary expressions of existence from eternal life is the quality of it. So Dallas Willard said, why wait to die and go to heaven before you experience a life that you will experience in heaven when that experience is available to you now? And, mm-hmm. and whoever has the son has life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it in overflowing fullness and abundance. Mm-hmm. So how we begin to experience more life on a daily basis is by connecting to God's heart. And as he communicates to us, he communicates because his words are the words of life. They impart life to us. And when that life is imparted to us and in us, then, then we have to have the ability to translate that word into an incarnational life where, where we begin to embody it and we begin to live it and express it. And that's what Jesus did. That's why he's called the the Logos, the living word. In the beginning was the word and the word was was with God and the word was God. And then a few verses down, it says, and the word was made flesh. Mm -hmm. The word became incarnate. It was when you looked at Jesus, you saw the will, the thoughts, the intent, all of of what God wanted to be represented to be. Jesus was that exact imprint and representation. Mm -hmm. I was reading today, this morning, while I was waiting to meet with somebody for coffee, and I was reading John 14 and 15 and 16, and there was that moment where Jesus said, I'm going to go away, don't panic, You know, Mm -hmm. it's important, imperative that I go away. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. But then he had this uh, conversation and and they were saying, we don't know where you're going. And how do we going to, how do we know the way? And Jesus began to unpack that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And those of you that know the text, uh, I'm not going to have time to turn over there. But he, he begins to say, you know the way. And one of them said, If you're the way to the Father, then 
go ahead and show us show the, us the, the end of the way, which uh -huh. is the revelation of the Father. And Jesus said, have, you, have I been so long with you that you don't recognize me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There, there, there is no disparity between when you see Jesus, the incarnate word, the incarnate revelation of the Father, and the Father himself. Those two are one in essence and in unity and in nature. Um, so we want to make sure that Nothing is lost in translation is what I'm getting at. Uh -huh. When we hear God and God speaks to us, we want that to be reinterpreted and retranslated in our lives as a corresponding action that uh, is mm -hmm. the express obedience of the word that has been commanded and that the word becomes flesh. That's what I love, that we receive it, it becomes flesh in us, it becomes part of who we are, and then we walk in it. Because the Word is alive, and the Word is life. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then we become a revelation of life. Uh, there are many metaphors that you read in the New Testament, and some metaphors are synonyms with each other. Yes. When it says you're the light of the world, um, light and life are synonyms. Those metaphors of who we are and what we are to be as expressions in a dark world. Mm -hmm. uh, the light, Jesus is called the light of life. Mm -hmm. The revelation that he gave us illuminated a way of living, a way of life that no one had ever seen before. A relationship mm -hmm. with God that no one had ever seen a man have such complete intimacy with God, clarity in knowing and mm -hmm. hearing him. And expressing and, him. And expressing him. And and all of them recognize it. They Nicodemus said, No one, no one can do what you're doing unless they have been sent from God. Yeah. And uh, you you hear that several times in the gospel where people were saying it is evident that you have a relationship with God because mm -hmm. God is not only with you, but he is um, bearing witness of your relationship with him by the signs and the wonders and the miracles. They attest to the validity and the authenticity of your relationship. Now, very quickly, I do want to get just a little bit into the book of Psalms. And I'm going to have Carmen read uh, Psalms 131, verses 1 through 3. But before she does that, I want to give just a little bit of context. So it's imperative that I, if I want to walk in faith-filled obedience, if I, I really want to, you know, live the life of Christ and have Christ who, who is in me be expressed through me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's, he's not there to be kept on a spiritual shelf right. and to be hidden. No, this, this light is not going to be kept under the basket of my body. No, he, he wants the revelation of himself to be seen and expressed through my body. By him uh, empowering my will and, and illuminating my heart and mind, giving me understanding so that I can fully express his will. But 
I also know that my heart and my mind, and, and I'll teach on what I believe are the components of, of our heart. God has given us a vehicle to be able to receive communication. And we'll look at this verse in, in a few episodes in the future. It said, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that spirit that God illuminates, it's then able to be able to search deep things. Mm-hmm. And so then the spirit, as it's illuminated by the Lord, is able then to communicate to our mind mm-hmm. Uh, to our emotions. So I start feeling what, how God feels. I start feeling the, the emotions of God. I start thinking the thoughts of God and my will begins to understand the will of God, God's intent, what God's motives are in, in a moment, what he intends to do, his purpose. And so many times our hearts are in no place to receive. Again, God wants to communicate, but my heart is in a, in a place where it's not in order. It's not in divine alignment. And so there are things that we can intentionally do to begin to set our heart in mm-hmm. spiritual order and come into alignment so that I have a heart that can hear. Now, I said I was going to have Carmen read, but we've run out of time and we'll pick this up uh, next time when we get together. Psalms 131. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of the Age Changer show with us. If you would, please like this video and share this video so that we can share the word of God with others that are um, in your circles, because if you're in our circle and then we can impact the people in your circles by sharing the word of God and getting that out. Um, thank you for praying for us. We're praying for you. Thank you for praying for us. We're praying that the will of God is done, that the kingdom increases. We know that it is, that it increases in us and that his will is being done in our lives. So um, we, we bless you. If you could please share this and follow us and, and subscribe to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and we'll get the word out. And we say all glory and praise to our King. Bless you today. Bye. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.